It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can find him on Twitter at McCoolPCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Uh, hold on. I just need to make sure that my microphone is plugged in. Yes, it is plugged in. Let's continue on, Marcus. <laughs> uh, th- this is our second time recording this, if you probably can't tell, but that's okay. Uh, coming up on today's show, uh, we are going to review the Cowboys rookie class. Now, we've already talked about each one of these guys in depthly. We've talked about them every single show, uh, but we're going to just kind of review where some of these guys are at after... Uh, a couple of weeks of training camp in the first and the first preseason game. Uh, some of these guys' roles have changed a little bit, and maybe we're going to talk about their expectations heading into the season. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with Leighton Van Der Esch. Uh, on uh, Friday, I believe, was their preseason game. Thursday, Friday, I don't know. It's messing me up now. Um, Van Der Esch played as the backup middle linebacker. He also played a little bit at the will. Um, I went back and rewatched him because on my initial watch, didn't really think he did anything all that impressive outside of the almost interception. Uh, but I went back and watched, and he played pretty well against the run. You can see he's still a little hesitant at times, um, and you expect that from a first-year linebacker. Yeah. So, uh, Landon, what do you think about Van Der Esch? What is his role going to be in this, uh, in this defense this year? And just maybe give us some things that you've seen so far. Uh, out of Cowboys camp. You know, I think the thing with Van Der Esch that has hurt him the most is that Jalen Smith has been outstanding. <laughs> and, I, I, and I think that, you know, like the um, – in the same way that the people that are going to speak negatively about this team no matter what are constantly chasing a moving target, it was pretty easy to hop from, you know, Jalen Smith was a wasted pick to – Oh, Leighton Vanderesh is now a wasted pick because Jalen Smith's good. So, you know, I I, I think that the expectation um, is expectation game is going to be a problem with him just because again people are uh, are going to you know he I, I, this whole process with, with all these linebackers is going to be about rotation. I think they clearly like all, all these guys. I mean, th- this this group is four deep, and and so Leighton came into a spot where. Uh, uh, you know, there's already a lot of really good talent, and we and, and I don't know that we were necessarily certain about that, but I think, you know, uh, the the difference of how we felt about this linebacking crew uh, the day we drafted Leighton Vander Esch versus where we are today has improved dramatically to the point where it's basically best case scenario for Jalen and for Joe uh, Thomas. So, uh, keeping all that in mind. I think what they've decided to do is to continue to focus on getting him a lot of mic snaps. And I think that's why you've seen him mostly with the second team is because they want him getting comfortable making the calls uh, and, and doing all the kind of, you know, 
uh, perfunctory uh, pre-snap job that the that the Mike linebacker does because they know that you know they've seen on tape that they can put him in at will and and he can run and chase guys and make tackles and cover like that stuff that we've seen him do what, what they're trying to get him to do to make sure that he can do is get him comfortable with all the uh you know the important mental uh job mental side of the job for the mike linebacker uh and that's why he's continued to take second team reps and also i I, because i think they like joe thomas as the immediate like backup to sean lee so all this is a long way of saying that you know Leighton Vander Esch uh, has looked has looked good with his opportunities. Linebacker is a tough position to learn, uh, uh, you know, when you're first playing in the NFL because things are just so much more complicated. But um, I, I think that the good news for Leighton is that he is going to be given uh, he could take the curve however he needs to. You know, like he's not being forced to sure. be put out there and, 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 and take a whole bunch of meaningful snaps before he's ready. I have no doubt in my mind after just watching the the kid on the field for a little bit that he's going to be a star because I think he's big and athletic and he's instinctual and you see all that stuff. Uh, it's just not all completely, you know, fully there yet, formed yet. But again, that's kind of what you think about when you think about rookie linebackers. So uh, I'm not disappointed with where he is at all i think he's uh, on a steady pace i just think that a lot of the enthusiasm for him a lot of the opportunity for him uh is being poached by uh you know how incredibly enthusiastic we all are for what jalen smith has, has turned out to be do you think that cowboy fans will believe he is a a wasted pick if he's not starting at any point this season. You know, if he's just the third linebacker, will people start to believe that's a wasted pick? I mean, I I think people are going to believe, you know, look, I mean, people that we consider, that I consider to be a prominent thinkers in the Cowboys land already think it's a wasted pick. Uh, You know, I I mean, all of you saw that whole exchange with KD Drummond and I about the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to lean KD. And I, that one, I understand uh, that, but I, I, I here's here's my th- whole thought process on that is that, like, ru- making a ruling like that right now has absolutely no benefit. Like ruling a, a guy sure. as a wasted pick or this or this or that, uh, you know, that's the, the I mean, the ir- irony of that is that the reason. You guys are saying that this is a wasted pick is because the guy that you previously thought was a wasted pick has has shown up in, in, on the scene the way that he that that frankly both of y'all said that he never would. So and, and I'm not I'm not calling anybody out, but my point is is that no, but, but, but my point is is that you know like it's it's probably. It, after having done that already, it's probably not the best idea to like jump into whether a guy is a wasted pick you know, less than I would say the length of his rookie contract, because I, I, you know, I I think even for a second round pick, there is a, there are ways for you to make up that value, even having missed the first two years by having an incredible third and fourth season, you know, like I just think that there is, there is such a, a rush to try to, you know, put a stamp of good or bad on these draft picks when they're not even done with their rookie contracts, which, you know, I think you have to have the 
opportunity to fulfill that uh, that value, and, and you have to be given the full length of, of that contract to, to even give it be given a chance. So, my point is is that uh, you know what happens if God forbid Sean Lee tears his ACL week three, and then suddenly you've got. Uh, a guy who's coming into his own in Leighton Vander Esch, uh, and he f- that th- suddenly you've got a, a fantastic uh, linebacker duo by the end of the season. We have no idea what's going to happen from here on out in Leighton Vander Esch's development, in the linebacker core's health, in a whole variety of things. So to like to put certainty on whether he's a wasted pick or what's wasted or what the value is, bef- way before anyone's even requiring it of you to me seems pointless and, and, and the best chance for you to make uh, a, a broad and inaccurate statement. Here's why I've backed off a little bit on the Leighton Vander Esch hate for the pick. Uh, I know what the other option was at, at number 19 and it wasn't great. Uh, did you ever hear who the Cowboys were going to take if it wasn't Vander Esch? I did, but I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. From, from everybody that I've, if talked to it, it would have been the tight end Hayden yes, Hurst. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and talk about. I'm not thrilled about drafting a 25 year old tight end who I didn't love his tape. So, I, listen, Vanderesh is fine. I think linebackers generally take a year uh, before they get up to speed. I remember Sean Lee as a rookie. He didn't really do much until the last few weeks of the season. Uh, Talvin Smith didn't do much until the last couple weeks of his rookie year. Deion Jones the same way. So I'm not going to judge Leighton Van Der Esch no matter what he does this season. Uh, it's going to take him a while, and it might take him a little bit longer considering his background of not playing uh, a football, a, you know, a ton of college and in high school. So we'll see. If Leighton can be a really solid third linebacker this year or even a fourth linebacker, uh, considering what's ahead of him, that's fine. Let's take a quick break, and we will be right back to discuss the Cowboys' second-round pick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This season, don't sit around watching the Cowboys from home when you can be at AT AT&T Stadium in the crowd cheering in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Cowboys listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word. That's locked on. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Cowboys kick off the home schedule this year on August 18th against the Bengals, and you can be there for all the excitement. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter the promo code Locked On for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over, the NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. All right, in the second round, the Cowboys drafted offensive lineman Connor Williams. Uh, they are having him play at left guard, but if they needed to, I'm sure that he could play right tackle uh, in a pinch. Uh, Landon, give me your thoughts on Connor Williams and you know maybe one of my favorite picks in the entire draft. Yeah, I mean, I think we've gotten exactly what we thought we were going to get out of Connor, um, and, and that means the good and the bad. You know, I, I think that he's been 
plug and play starter at left guard. I think he's going to only get better from where he is. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, an issue of lack of experience inside, which he seems to have, you know, mitigated quite a bit. He still is working through, and and this isn't like off schedule or uh, taking longer than anyone assumed. It's just a fact of where we are right now. He's still a little bit susceptible to. Uh, lunging at times, uh, you know, not being patient and attacking his, uh, waiting for uh, his uh, target to get closer to him. Because, you know, when he lunges, then guys who know how to use quick swim moves on him can beat him pretty handedly. And we've seen it a couple different times. He still needs to work on that a little bit. Um, but I do think that that's something that uh, you're going to see less and less of. When it happens, It it's not like a constantly reoccurring thing that's happening to, uh, snap after snap, he usually immediately corrects it. I mean, we think we saw even a little bit of it in the in the game with against a guy like uh, mm-hmm. DeForest Buckner, who's one of the best in the league. Uh, one of the guys that you definitely do not want to get overextended and over your uh, over the top of your feet on. So, um, you know, I, I think he's it's it's uh, it's he's right on schedule. If if you were to ask me, like with where he needs to be, um, he uh, has even. I, Maybe you know the thing. The other thing that we kind of were concerned about is is a lack of strength. Uh, but I, I think we also see that they have a, he has a plan for that. You know, he has t- a technique plan for that. And I think you know the the high hand low hand aspect combined with his athletic feet uh, have given him uh, uh, tools to uh, mitigate a lot of the uh, uh, you know, bull rush stuff, power stuff that these guys inside are going to try to use on him. So uh, he's shown to be a pretty adept at, at you know sinking his hips and keeping his feet churning to uh to kind of counteract that uh the big big hog molly is just trying to lean on him so that's a good positive sign now we just need him to kind of continue to work on uh keeping his uh, his punch uh, out in front of you know inside his body box not trying to over bend at the waist to reach these guys uh because that's clearly where he gets susceptible he needs to keep his feet moving constantly uh that that is that is his his trump card his athleticism uh and and and, and you know his athleticism and lack of size can get him in some trouble in pass sets if he doesn't like i said keep his feet moving but as a run blocker as a guy who's got to get to the second level, as a guy who uh, needs to pull to get outside, uh, this kid is going to be absolutely special. And I think that uh, you know now that you've got five guys, and I think this is the first time maybe since Leary was here uh, that – and really – and I don't even know that that's necessarily true because Doug Free – Although agile, you know, I don't know how much you love necessarily getting him out in space at times. But now I feel like you've got five guys who you can take them anywhere. You can pull them outside. You can right. you can zone block them up to the second level. Uh, it, it, what what that's going to allow this team to do is really stretch a lot of teams horizontally. Uh, which is going to make uh, linebacker play even more difficult, and that in turn is actually going to open things up for passing lanes on RPOs, on play action, on bootlegs, and that sort of thing. So, uh, a long long way of getting into it. I, I I think he's been great. The best part about having Connor Williams again is the same thing that we talked about about needing to draft a, a lineman high. Is that w- now you've got a complete set? Now you've got a group of versatile guys who could do a whole bunch of different things, and all of them do things well. Uh, and that's going to be extremely dangerous for uh, defensive coordinators trying to game plan against us. 
And for anybody that's worried about Connor Williams' strength, just remember he just turned 21 yeah, years old this summer. Yeah. So I, he's got a lot of time to grow into his body. And again, they spend uh, it's, it's, it's it's a track meet that they train for all off season. You know, they're getting their bodies absolutely. ready for for the combine. This is you know he he didn't know what position he was coming into uh, this off season. You know, he didn't know if he was playing guard or tackle because he didn't know he where he was necessarily being drafted. So I definitely think you're you're going to see a lot of improvement in that specific area uh between this off season and you know coming up in this following off season uh but i the question obviously immediately was does he have the requisite strength to survive his rookie season as a starter and i and i think uh the answer there is yes all right moving on to the cowboys third round pick which was wide receiver michael gallup uh, you were already starting to see Michael Gallup pay dividends for that pick. Uh, you saw him in the first game of uh, the preseason catch the the beautiful touchdown down the seam or down the sideline. Uh, you saw a couple different times uh, his nice releases off the sideline. Uh, so, Michael Gallup, what can we expect from him this year? Uh, we know that the Cowboys are going to use a lot of different receivers. Um, he, he's probably not going to be a full time X receiver or a full time starter, uh, but you probably will see him. But long-term, what can we expect from Gallup in Dallas? Well, I, I think the idea is that long-term he is, you know, the, uh, you know, not the, maybe not to the level of Dez, but you know, the, the kind of go-to outside receiver, I guess, would be the best way to say it. And I think, you know, eventually what we'll see is next season, if Hearns is still on the team next year, uh, is that you're going to start seeing, you know, more of Hearns coming lining up in the inside, run, lining up in the slot, and uh, more of them moving uh, these guys around a little bit. You know, I think that I think that in the same way that Connor Williams kind of helped uh, put the offensive line back on top and, and slot that last spot to make this an elite unit, I think it's Gallup's presence that slots into the wide receiver group that allows them to be uh a solid group not you know not elite but a solid group of of uh kind of a mixed match of skill sets you know i think without gallup i think hearns probably would be relegated to more of the x only role i think to a certain degree i mean you know otherwise you, you sort of get short about on uh, bodies who you feel like have experience fighting off press co- uh, coverage and getting open. And that's even weird to say about a rookie because rookies usually are, are terrible uh, at dealing with press coverage. But we, we right, actually happen right. to get a guy who I'm pretty sure I could be talking on my butt, but I'm pretty certain faced more press coverage than any college receiver coming out last year, if I remember reading yep, that that's correctly. Correct. Yep. Uh, so uh, the guy, the fact that he has experience there is is incredibly beneficial to his learning curve because that's clearly one of the things that wide receiver, wide receivers struggle with the most coming into the league. So uh, the, the get into that is that I think that you know that allows some more flexibility with a guy like Hearns, who honestly I think that you know he could do a lot of damage in the side. He could do a lot of damage a couple different spots. And I also think that you can move Gallup around a little bit and, and put him out, uh, as a Z or, you know, see him on the move and that sort of thing. So um, I, I'm a huge fan of, of what Gallup has shown so far. I, you know, I think on several of these podcasts, specifically the ones we were talking with Rabble, uh, it was I was having a hard time kind of showing not, you know, not 
I got a hard time disguising my glee, you know, because it's it's hard right, not to get right. pumped about what he's doing and seeing him out here every day making a play consistently. Now, you know, he's it's not always perfect yet. Obviously, it's not. He's still very much a work in progress. But again, it's like Connor Williams. It's like you understand that this guy's not at the top of his game yet, but is it good enough at this point to give you snaps, meaningful snaps, and and to you know. Uh, actually use the player uh, as a as a target in the game. And I think uh, so far so good for both Connor Williams and Michael Gallup in that front. And I think you, you worry that's you, that's where your concerns were coming in. You ha- you knew that if, if Jalen could come in, uh, that we could give Leighton Vander Esch a little bit of a slow roll, you know, rotate him in, that would be that would work for him. But for Connor Williams and Michael Gallup, there was a more immediate necessity that these guys have a baseline functionality on the NFL level and I think so far so good it looks like both of these guys are going to be able to do the jobs that they were allotted to do Uh, my comp for Michael Gallup has always been like Michael Crabtree the first year in Oakland uh, you know where he's just a really solid route runner uh, competes at the catch point uh, can play inside can play outside uh, you don't want to tackle him after the catch because he's just so strong. Uh, that type of player, will he ever become a true number one? I don't know. I, I think there, it's in the range of possibilities, but I think he's just going to be one of those guys that's a really high-end number two receiver uh, that you can count on getting first downs uh, in tough situations. I feel like I feel uh, like he's sl- I feel Go like ahead. he's slightly smaller and slightly more explosive. Like that's that. I mean, I love. I do like the Crabtree. Uh, a comparison. I think that's probably the closest thing. But to me, he seems more explosive. Uh, he's he was he was more explosive than I expected to, him to be when I showed up at camp. Yes, you know, that's yeah. that's what I think. That's what's uh, interesting. I, I th- you know, that I, I didn't looking I, at his numbers and his tape. I didn't necessarily expect it, but when I got there, he definitely looked. He was getting major separation from NFL corners at times. Yeah, when you look at his numbers from the combine, there's just nothing that stands yeah. out. But when he goes to his uh, pro, day, pro day and ran on the low four fours, I think that matches up to a little bit better of what we see on tape. Yeah. Uh, again, not not a super great athlete, but certainly better than average. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to maybe one of the more surprising uh, Cowboys rookies, and that's Dorrance Armstrong. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Uh, He's had a great training camp, and then his preseason game on Thursday night was... Uh, exactly what we've been seeing the, the entire time out in Cowboys camp. So uh, Dorrance Armstrong, I thought he, he had a couple really nice rushes. He had one where uh, he backed the tackle all the way up into the quarterback. The quarterback got outside the pocket. Armstrong kind of fell on the ground, got back up, chased the quarterback right back uh, you know, to the sideline. I think that was the play that Van Der Esch almost had the interception, if I'm it correct. It was. Uh, just a, yeah, just a really impressive play from Armstrong. So, talk to us about what you've seen from Armstrong and maybe what his role might be this year for the Cowboys. 
Well, I mean, yeah. First of all, he absolutely has been the surprise of camp. I mean, I, I don't think that that's even in question. Um, where were where were you those last two years when we needed you for <laughs> while missing Randy Gregory, Dorrance? Because it's like that's 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 the thing I keep thinking about. This is that. Man, when it rains, it pours, right? And in both the positive and negative manner. And and right now, we're kind of in a in a in a bull cycle. It's in a good, you know, you know, things are riding high. We getting Randy Gregory coming back, and now you got a guy who whose game is probably the closest that the Cowboys have had to Randy Gregory. Uh, you know, I mean, he's uh, that's how I've been viewing him. Is to me, Lawrence Armstrong has been Randy Gregory light out here. Uh, and I don't mean light as in weight because that's something you got to worry about. But I think that, you know, when right. you see, like, I mean, you see what the, the way he's winning, like, uh, you know, he did a, uh, even on, uh, on, uh, you know, we're starting to see it on, on the, the training camp live stuff, which is similar to what I've been seeing at camp. You know, he executed a, a, a dip move the other day that was just unbelievably good. And, and, you know, he has that flexibility, that slippery nature to him, um, that kind of Gumby-like quality combined with speed uh, that is beautiful right-end type, you know, of a skill set. Uh, the fact that, you know, that he's coming back as we're getting Randy Gregory back is just, it just, it kills me. But I I mean, at the same time, obviously, I love it. You know, I, I made the de- argument that he, I thought yeah, and he I'm may really be even further along than, this year. Uh, I, than I really think that you know, he at, is at good this point. I mean, so people were talking about at this point last year. Like, that's uh, not even a debate. You, he's maybe at way least what Taco gave you last year. Last year. So, uh, the debate is whether he's as far along as Taco is now. As far as fourth round pick Dalton Schultz. I mean, as far as a pass rusher goes, he missed a little bit of time due to I believe it was his wife having a kid. Yeah, I mean, I think Dorrance Armstrong is not only obviously going to make the team, but what have you seen from Dalton Schultz in camp? I think he's going to get. Where I guess my evaluation I think varies I mean, this from is a, guy who, a lot of other as people. As a rookie, if he gets the I've opportunity, and I you know I think have, that he's you know, three, four, five. I still five, think that I, that eventually you know, he's going to uh, take you know, that, over that, that starting kind of job snap, by like you know, sacks, the end of the season. And, which, and limited like, opportunity, I, I think which that frankly he's, you know, incredibly, he, obviously his learning curve got you know taken for a ride a little bit with with the the birth of the child, and he missed some time there. But you know, I think you see it that the the things the 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 parts of his game that made him uh worth that pick i mean i i've seen him you know specifically you know that that the block that he executed on that rod smith's first run during the game like i mean he just was just an animal it's you know he and you could see it you saw exactly what makes him a good blocker in that run where he he has good leverage and then he just works his feet over and over and over again and keeps him moving so um i just think that you know he's he hasn't unfortunately he's been kind of thrown for a loop he got behind a little bit uh but i think he's going to uh hopefully these last few weeks kind of show a little bit more because he's going to get a lot of opportunity uh to to spend a lot of time on the field so uh, yeah, right now he's technically behind Rico on the death chart, but uh, I don't think in any manner of speaking that he's behind Rico at all of as far as development. Um, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I think that uh, Rico has a trump card element to his game that maybe he's a little bit better yep. than, uh, but than, than Schultz, but I think that Schultz's overall game, even his overall receiving game, might be better than what Rico provides right now. 
Uh, Fifth-round pick Mike White, quarterback from Western Kentucky. Uh, You got to see a little bit of him on Thursday night. Uh, Expect to see him more in the second half uh, of the next couple games, and I kind of expect that you're going to see him maybe the entire fourth game. So uh, Mike White has a lot of tools. Um, He has a big arm. He can be accurate when he has time. He just has to learn to get rid of the ball just a little bit earlier. He holds onto that ball forever. Uh, So any quick thoughts on Mike White? Yeah, I mean that's it exactly. Is that uh, it, that has not seemed to uh, improved very much so far. I, I, I you know, like I, I think uh, I agree. He has all these all the tools, and and the issue is specifically his clock, his processor. It just everything needs to speed up a lot, um, and so. You know, generally, I have confidence that 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 can be improved. I guess the question is, are you concerned at, to the point where you haven't seen enough from him? Because I, I feel like I haven't seen anything from him. Like, just almost nothing. So I, yeah, I, I feel like... tricky. You know, and I think, you know, that's fine. I mean, again, we're not, we don't have to make these decisions right now. But I, I definitely need to see, like, it, these last three weeks, he's got to obviously do more than he's done in the first week. I think he obviously is going to be given a lot more opportunity because he's going to be the guy taking the majority of the snaps uh, in some of these games, him and, and uh, Dalton Sturm. So uh, I think his, his uh, it's all still in front of him. You know, it's all, it's all his opportunity, the bulk of his opportunity, he still hasn't even been given yet. So uh, I, I think once he gets given that opportunity, it's going to help a lot. Uh, and then he's got he's got to take it, man, because he hasn't like seized the the little opportunities gotten so far. So hopefully, once he gets you know a whole bunch of these snaps coming up, that's when he's going to start making his move, and and, and it's going to start clicking for him. The the processor will speed up, and then you know you just I mean the problem is he's st- he's standing in the in the pocket, he's standing in the pocket, he's standing in the pocket, sacked. Uh, then he throws the ball. You know, right. and obviously that's not how it's going to actually happen in a game. You don't get to throw the ball after you're sacked in a regular game. So uh, nothing's going to speed up your processor quite like playing behind the Cowboys' third string offensive line in a preseason game. That, that should help you a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and also the, against the Cowboys' third defensive line, which is pretty good. You know, so that's yeah, the problem. We, we that, just got know, done talking about yeah, Armstrong. Dorrance yeah. Armstrong spent a whole lot of time on that on that team and going against uh, Campos, which is not a fair thing. Well, so yeah, I think. I think that's, don't hate on my guy Jake Campos. I think he has a, a decent shot to hang around on a roster somewhere. I don't think he has a decent shot against Dorrance Armstrong, though. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on. We got three guys left. Uh, linebacker Chris Covington, a really quiet camp, and I think that's because he's been hurt. Uh, did you get to see? Co- did you, you get got, to he- see him at all? No, I mean he. Th- th- yesterday was his first practice because he's had bronchitis. Apparently, he got like he got like a like a real simple cold, and then it developed fully into bronchitis. Man. So he's been out sick. So I have not seen him basically at all. He's gonna, a guy that needs to perform really well. In the I next mean, that two that room is fix. so deep. It's like he's like uh, that's so tough at this point. How is he gonna get back from that? How is he gonna beat out uh, a Justin March Lillard uh, or you know somebody like that? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's destined to probably be a a practice squad linebacker, and we'll see what happens next year. Um, sixth round pick Cedric Wilson uh, on IR with the broken collarbone. Uh, he you will not see him this year. And finally, seventh round pick Bo Scarborough. 
Uh, we talked about Scarborough a little bit on the podcast yesterday. We thought he played well in the preseason game. He showed his hands out of the backfield, showed his speed, also played on a bunch of special teams. Uh, but is there a spot available for him on this team? I'm not sure. Uh, any quick thoughts on Scarborough? Yeah, again, all of it is determined on his special teams play and then you know what does the bottom of the roster look like for the offense? How are they going to? You know what are your numbers going to look like? Those are really the determining factors. I don't know that anything outside of that, you know, unless he just absolutely goes crazy and averages ten yards a carry in the preseason. But outside of that, I think those are basically the determining factors of whether he makes it on the team or not. All right, and that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.